and welcome back to another episode of the Silver Bullet Saga podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Fonderhar. We're, it's, uh, we're rolling out here, 7.42 a.m. Saturday, November 13th, 2021, the year of our Lord, uh, recording solo this morning and actually two days later than normal due to some travel logistics. I found myself waking up here in Edgemoor, South Carolina for a uh, close friend's wedding down here in the South. Um, it's going to be a wonderful day. I'm out here on a dock at the Airbnb we're staying at. Pretty unbelievable. Sound, sounds a little bougie, but I uh, did not know that there was a pond on the Airbnb property when the folks I'm staying with uh, booked it. But beautiful changing of the leaves, and it's kind of got that crisp fall kind of nip in the air. We're here. It is football season. Uh, Buckeyes coming off of a 26-17 win at Nebraska last week. A uh, bit of a surprise for those uh, who thought Ohio State was going to be blowing out the Cornhuskers. Uh, Vegas had us, I believe it got up to 19-point favorites at one point in time, and that was not the story uh, coming out of the game there in Lincoln. Um, Nebraska did quite a bit. It seemed like to stuff Ohio State's run game in the first half to a point where Ryan Day started going away uh, you know, from running the ball really at all. No points scored in the first quarter, but then get out to a little bit of a lead with 17 uh, points and you take a seven point lead into halftime last week, which you felt pretty good about. Um, CJ Stroud, I believe, two interceptions in that game. Uh, he's got five on the season so far. Definitely, probably not one of his best performances, but he made the throws he had to make uh, when he needed them. Uh, Henderson kind of bottled up. I don't have, I'm trying to find the, get the exact numbers in front of me, but I know he had right around 30 carries. Um, and the other, you know, Master Teague and Mayan Williams combined for about four carries. So really, you know, Ryan Day <laughs> turning away from the run game. And so unique to see that uh, when, you know, in years past, Urban Meyer, he gets into a game where maybe he needed to clinch up a little bit. Uh, the play, playbook like to shorten. He would really kind of lean on those QB runs. I don't know how many times we saw JT Barrett doing that out of the backfield when we needed a first down, him using his legs to pick it up. Uh, obviously a different beast in C.J. Stroud uh, and, and a different play caller, right, in Ryan Day. Uh, when, the, when the chips are down, seems like he really wants to throw the ball, and you can understand that. Um, you know, looking at Ryan Day's history, he's been a QB coach, and he was a QB himself uh, growing up in the game, and, you know, really seems like he wants to rely on his play caller's arm uh, you know, when, when things, when things get a little tense, Ohio State threw it over 50 times last Saturday, uh, definitely getting away from that 50, 50 run pass offense that Ryan Day's always talking about. All that being said, you take a nine point win on the road against a pretty feisty Nebraska team. Uh, it's kind of a silly thing to say, and people were get you know, getting made fun of for it last week, but I, you know, it's kind of inarguable to say that they're probably the best three and seven team three and seven football team that there is in the country this year. So it, it, would you want more points? Definitely. The red zone is, def, is is where you see the biggest flaws in Ohio State's offense right now. Um, right now, as far as touchdown efficiency and the red zone goes, I believe they're operate in the last two weeks, they're operating around 25%. In the weeks leading up to that, we were really above that 75 to 80% mark on touchdowns when we get into the red zone. Uh, now the saving grace from that, is this transfer kicker we got from North Carolina, uh, Ruggles. Noah Ruggles has been perfect in the last two games. Four for four each time has set uh, maybe an Ohio State record, I think, of uh, consecutive field goals made. But 
it's not necessarily a great thing when your field goal kicker is the one talking to the media after a game when you were favored by 20, about 20 points. So definitely you see Ryan Day needs to be able to make that adjustment when they turn the page and head into this week's opponent. Uh, obviously, most folks know this already. Um, some people some people joke about the cursed burial grounds that exist in West Lafayette when we take uh, you know our team on the road up there to play this team. But obviously the, the team coming into the shoe this afternoon for the 3.30 kick is the Purdue Boilermakers coming off of a super red-hot upset against Michigan State, which it seemed like the whole country called, maybe except Michigan State themselves. Um, you know, the, this Purdue team is probably one of the better offenses, and some people are arguing the best offense uh, in the Big Ten or the most explosive as far as a passing game. They're really the only uh, team that is similar to us in, in some of those ways. They have this all-star receiver. He is an NFL-type uh, receiver. Um David Bell, 64 receptions on the season. He's already eclipsed 1,000 yards. He's got 1,003 yards and five touchdowns on the year. If Purdue is going to have a chance at either making this a game or even winning it, David Bell's probably going to be in the recipe uh, as far as who folks are going to, or who uh, the Boilermakers quarterback is going to be going to. And with that, uh, talk about his quarterback a little bit. I believe it's Aiden O'Connell, maybe Adrian. Um, Unbelievable. I mean, kind of for some folks come out of nowhere uh, and a lot of people are saying either the best or the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, 194 completions on 271 attempts this year. So maybe not the best uh, completion percentage, but when you're throwing it, you know, 70 percent of your game of your offense is throwing the ball. You're going to have incompletions and that's okay. Uh, 2,087 yards on the season, which is only uh, eclipsed by C.J. Stroud, who has thrown for uh, 2,675 yards. And once again, if folks remember, C.J. did sit out an entire game. So he's got some pretty unbelievable stats. Uh, But we already know that. You know, it's know know thy opponent. Uh, O'Connell also has 12 touchdowns on the year and eight interceptions. As far as the running game goes, Purdue really doesn't rely on it very much. They will pick up rushing yards when they need it. Uh, They're running back Doru, I believe is his name, 105 carries on the season for 395 yards and two touchdowns. If you need a comparison number, Travion Henderson, who has split carries in some games, especially in the beginning of the year, uh, hasn't, didn't get that uh, didn't get too many. These last two games has had about 30 carries a game. Uh, but just for a comparison's sake, he's had a, Travion Henderson's had 128 carries on the year for 937 yards and 12 touchdowns. So just from a explosive stat or you know score <laughs> scoring points uh, side of things, you can obviously see that Henderson is a difference maker compared to where Purdue's at and kind of the way that they they play things. They like to spread the ball out. Um, a huge part of today's game is going to be our defensive line. I believe that Purdue has given up the most sacks of any team in the Big Ten. So if Larry Johnson can kind of keep this momentum he's had going in these last two games against Nebraska and Penn State, where the defensive line was really the difference maker in both of those games, you, you got to feel good going into the, today that a healthy Zach Harrison, uh, we're going to have Haskell Garrett back out there at defensive tackle. Uh, if they're able to get pressure at the quarterback and they're kind of living in the backfield and he doesn't, O'Connell doesn't have time uh, to get his guys open and make uh, some of those throws, it's going to be a long day for the Purdue offense. 
Flip other side of the ball, the thing that all Buckeyes, Buckeye fans want to see right now is this rushing attack getting a little bit more consistent. The way, right, the way to do that is, is keep pounding the ball. If we're, even if, you know, at the first quarter, second quarter, you know, don't be surprised if we're not, you know, already up by two touchdowns or something like that. Ryan Day, I think, is still a young coach in some ways and needs to learn, um, you know, not to tense up maybe when things aren't going your way, especially when it comes to running the ball when you have such elite talent at running back. Henderson is still, you know, I believe a top seven Heisman contender right now if you're going off of Vegas' odds. And for a true freshman to be getting that kind of, you know, respect from the odds makers, it just kind of shows you what you have here in Columbus uh, this year and what we'll have out of him for the next two years, which is a really exciting thing. But if Ohio State can commit to the run game and kind of establish it early, this is going to be a very long day for Purdue. Once again, like I said, they, they can't really run the ball very well. So if we have success doing that and we can burn quite a bit of time off the clock, it's going to be a long day for the Boilermakers. If uh, Ohio State enters uh, the 330 kick today as 21-point favorites and the over-under is 63.5 points, so Vegas thinks that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, I see it going two ways. Ohio State, we see what we've seen last few weeks where the offensive line looks a little shaky. We can't get a running game established, and we start taking field goals in the red zone once again. This is going to be a close game, and Purdue has the ability to score points. So if if those things happen for Ohio State's offense and Purdue's able to kind of dip and dunk their way around the field and put a few touchdowns up, this could be pretty close going into the fourth quarter. If Ohio State can establish the running game they've been trying to do for weeks, this is going to be a blowout, and I've got Ohio State uh, winning by three scores. Now, it's kind of tricky with the number being 22 because that's kind of like three, almost like three-plus scores. Um, But I I see Ohio State winning this pretty handedly. At the time of kickoff, I'm going to be ushering folks uh, to get into their seats for this beautiful wedding to happen. Uh, So really excited to see uh, for, for a great day of fall football and I'll definitely be streaming the game uh, at the reception because I'm in a I'm I'm kind of in enemy territory here in Clemson land down here in the South. But with all that being said, thank you for joining for another episode. Kind of a quick episode today, trying to just make sure we get it in uh, before kickoff today. Uh, but next week, definitely be joined back by my co-host Adam Vonderhaar. But once again, for all of you tuning in, please let us know, give us a review, shoot us your message if you anything you like or anything we can improve on. Always hoping to do that. Once again, thank you for joining another episode of the Silver Bullet Saga.